0: This, uh, the Lord is so good. Uh, tonight, uh, we're going to come. We're going to celebrate tonight as well. Deb Kalsbeck will be ministering an anointed word. I encourage you to come. Amen. And uh, turn to your neighbor and say, make good choices. Make good choices. It's good to, if you're here to come on out and fellowship, to be uh, hear the word of God, to grow. Take notes. You know, we always have things in the bulletin. Uh, the note sheet uh, here. Today it's yellow. So. But I tell you what, you want to be a student of the Bible. Amen? Be a student of the Word of God. And then this week we've got stuff going on every day. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, Isaac's going to share on Wednesday night. So Isaac to four. God bless you, Isaac. And uh, Hilda, God bless you guys and your family sharing the Word of God. There'll be prayer on Wednesday, worship team practice, of course, all those things ladies meet this week. So a lot of good things are happening and you just want to plug in. Fire starters are meeting tomorrow night. And uh, going to be a fun time. Amen. Coming up in two weeks, uh, Firestarters. What is that? That is uh, May 1st. We're having communion in the Firestarters meeting. March 1st. Yeah. Had an M. Wouldn't it be nice as May? No. March, March 1st, uh, there'll be communion in that Firestarters meeting. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Kids rock today as well, ages 3 to 1st grade. Thank you, Gabriella, for helping out. Thank you, Jesus. All right, the rest of us, let's stand just for a minute and say with me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed. Of the word of God. Word of I'll God. never be the same. Never never never. never, never, never. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. We welcome those joining us also. Be at Facebook Live, YouTube, church website. But we just welcome you to join us today. And uh, to be a part of the family here. And those of you that are home, we just bless you in the name of Jesus. We thank God that he's working in your lives keeping you safe, providing for you, taking care of you in wonderful ways. And if you're joining us from another place, maybe even if you're joining us and you have a different religion, but today as I talk about forgiveness, I want you to know that we serve a God who forgives us through his son, Jesus Christ. And you know what? You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay a a penance or anything like that. You need to just open your heart. And ask him to forgive you. In fact, just just do that. Just say, Jesus, forgive me. Just speak that name. Say, Jesus, forgive me. And you know what? He'll do that. He'll work in your life supernaturally. Most religions are oppressive. They put heavy burdens on people. Burdens that people can't bear anyway, right? And they put heavy burdens and they're oppressive. And people try to work their way to salvation. When the Bible says the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I'm thankful that He gives us this eternal life through Jesus Christ. Amen. There is one way to heaven. I'm sorry for people that think there's many. There's not many ways. There's one way, and that way is through Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the only one who died for our sins. He's the only one who is perfect, sinless, died for our sins, paid the price for our sins. Hallelujah. So today I wanted to share a little bit Unforgiveness. Last week, we talked about love and action. We read from the scripture, Matthew 22. Uh, there's two great commandments. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And that's the first one. The second's like it. You love your neighbor as yourself. So these two commandments are huge. And we talked about love and action. So first of all, we love God. Second of all, you love people. It's simple theology. You know, you don't want to make it complicated. You don't want to ever think, Lord... Uh, I want to pray, do you want me to witness to this person? Well, the obvious answer is yes. The obvious answer is that God loves everybody that you and I come in contact with. Everybody that you see on a television set. Everybody you see on your phone or whatever. God loves people. At the cross, Jesus prayed this in Luke 23. He said, now Jesus was whipped, beaten for us. (laughs) Never sinned. Never sinned with his mouth. Never sinned with his heart. Never sinned in anything like that. But in the midst of all that, he's criticized. They're wagging their heads. If you're the son of God, you know, all these temptations and stuff. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. I want you to notice this line here. They do not know what they do. So they didn't understand what they were doing to Jesus. Uh, uh, And we have to understand that sometimes when we talk about people, you know, the enemy can use people. And so he can use people to attack us, to get us out of the spirit, to get us to be angry. And, we're not, and they're not even aware that they're being used. All right? So we have to understand God loves people. So you've got to keep that switch of forgiveness always on. You have to always walk with the full armor of God, the shield of faith up and so forth. Always ready, quick in this case, to forgive. You will have ample opportunities again this week... To forgive people. Alright, you will have ample opportunities. Jesus said in Matthew 18 and verse 7 that offenses are going to come. So the 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 world uh, woe to these things because it causes people to sin, for such things must come, but woe to the man through whom they come. So offenses are going to come to everybody. Alright? Amen? Offenses come. Hurts, wounds, disappointments come, things that they, we get attacked, we get tempted to get angry and so forth. It can influence our actions. How you react to temptation or how you act to offenses, excuse me, is important. You're going to be offended. You can be offended by your spouse. You can be offended by your children, coworkers. You can be offended imaginarily thinking, I wonder if someone dislikes me. There's imaginary offenses that people get in their lives and so forth. And what does it do? It pulls people out of the spirit, causes them to be angry, causes them to be upset, maybe causes them to be vindictive towards somebody else. And so if you don't get rid of it, the Bible says it actually grows a root. It grows, the offense grows, and then bitterness sets in. And if you're attacked and so forth, and these things are happening in your life, pretty soon your mouth spews things, and you defile others. So it starts little. It always starts little. It's like any seed starts small, but if you allow the seed to grow, to germinate, then to grow, and you keep harboring, you keep thinking about the offense, you keep thinking about the wrong that you perceive was against you, or all these things, what happens, it grows bigger and bigger. The bigger it gets, the harder it is to deal with it. So, it's always better, if you're going to pull a weed, uh, well, let's say a tree seedling, obviously, tree seedlings, you know, trees, re- trees reproduce, there's a tree seedling, always better to pull it soon, quick, before it gets a big tap root down there, and then you're going to pull your back before you get that seed out of there, right? You're going to have to cut it off. It's going to be harder to get rid of. Offenses come, offenses come to everybody, now... In the Lord's in the Lord's prayer, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he taught us how to pray. The disciples said, "We see you praying, give us give us a teaching on how to pray." So we just gave a format here. So pray in this manner, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Let me stop there for a second. What is God's will in heaven? Now we all know, don't we believe heaven's a wonderful place? Amen. Are we going up to heaven and having all kinds of troubles and Bad circumstances or cancer all these things in heaven. Are we having that in heaven? No, we're not. So he's saying, Jesus said, you're praying that his will would come to earth as it is in heaven. See, again, if people would just read their Bible, if they just read their Bible or this prayer that I was taught as a tiny child, you know, from whenever I could start to remember, prayed in our church, prayed it every week in the church and so forth. And yet people don't stop to think what it's saying. So his will is that heaven would be manifested. The things of heaven would be manifested on earth. So that is what Jesus did when he was alive on this earth. He was manifesting the Father's will. He went about doing good and healing all. So where Jesus went, never caused problems, never brought sickness, never did anything bad, never gave a prophecy of judgment on people like God's going to get you or whatever. Never did that. He always came with this good news. Amen. So now if we just look at this again, you see, sometimes if people will, I love it when people actually ask questions and talk because they say, Hey, that's a good question. Now let's look at the Bible. So you just look at this and I'm talking to Christians here. Christians get all their theology all mixed up because they're not in the Bible, but your will, God's will, the father's will would be done on earth. That same will as it is in heaven. Pretty simple, right? Right. Don't add a but in there. Don't add a but about your circumstances. But my circumstances. But this is what I think. I don't care what you think. See, you know, God wants to disengage our brains. Don't think so much. Take the word for what it says. And if it says this, then believe it. Amen? And then just believe, God, that through your life we all face stuff but that other things will come in line to the word of god. Amen. So, give us provision, provide for us our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So, notice there's a there's a two-way street here. Lord, forgive us vertical, horizontal as we forgive others, right? Two-way street, vertical, horizontal. Don't lead us into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. Again, most you seldom hear Christians even know that there is a devil or that they have an adversary. Or where does all the things come in the world? God has everything under control, which is not in the Bible. Right. They parrot things that they've heard, makes them feel good, so forth. I don't really have to work hard. Instead, he's just got it under, under control. It's like, no, you better get in the Bible. Amen. We have an evil one. An evil one. Again and again and again and again and again and again. Jesus dealt with that yeah. whole thing if you just read the Gospels. I tell people all the time, read the Gospels. What well, Saw a game yesterday again. Obviously, the one team had different jerseys than the other team. Why is that? So they could identify their opponent. So for Christians who think everything's under control, like there's no opponent, you are going to lose. If you don't know who you're fighting, you will lose all the time. You you have to lose. If I don't know who I'm throwing to, they're all on my team, it looks like that. They're all on my team. Right? See, people don't stop to think in that sense. Looking at scripture like, wait a minute, there's an evil one. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we see right in the Lord's prayer, prayer in verse 12 that there's forgiveness, right? He says, forgive us, we forgive others. Now, verse 14 and 15, it gets a little more salty. He says, for if he brings it up now, he enhances it. And he says, if you forgive men, their faults, their trespasses, what they've done to you, your father will forgive you. If you do not forgive others of their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Oh, wow, now this gets really heavy then, doesn't it? Because, and let's talk just to Christians here. Christians are bitter, angry. Uh, you look in the body of Christ today, you can't, it's just amazing to me how many people, they're fighting one another, they're fighting other people, they're fighting the government, they're fighting all these things. They're angry. The people are just angry. I'll tell you one thing, anger comes from the devil. Yeah. Amen. And anger comes when you don't forgive. If you don't forgive, you're going to be an angry person. You are. I can look at any person I see, if they got angry, they got a forgiveness problem. They have a forgiveness problem against something or someone or something. Anger comes from no forgiveness. Peace comes from forgiveness. Jesus said, now these are red letters in certain Bibles, my Bible, red letter edition. These are red letters, the words of Jesus Christ. If you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Think about it. We think we want to harbor things. Christians like, you know, well, you don't understand, Pastor. You don't understand what they said. Maybe I don't, but I'll tell you this. You better understand. You better forgive them. You better forgive them or you've got trouble. Yeah, but I didn't cause the trouble. I don't care who caused the trouble. You better forgive people or you're going to be in trouble. All that, what what does that do? Unforgiveness just opens the door for the devil. It opens the door, gives the platform for the devil. I got him now. Boy, he got a root of bitterness. He's angry now. I got him now. Just choke him off. We have to think about it. Think about the scripture. If you, Jesus saying, if you do not forgive other people, your father is not going to forgive you. Profound statement. Profound statement. I've met spirit-filled Christians. They love the Lord. Everything's great and so forth. But I left that church because they did that to me. I didn't like that church. I didn't like that pastor. I didn't like what they did to me. Whoa, 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 we've got a horizontal problem here. We've got an unforgiveness problem. So people want to come off spiritual. Oh, they hear the Lord. But the reality is they're deceived. Because of unforgiveness. This is huge. These are all things, all things I have to practice every day. Amen. Have I been angry before? Oh, I've been angry. <laughs> And what do I have to do? I have to deal with that. I have to deal with whatever I'm angry with and bring forgiveness. You see, the thing is, this is so easy to hide. You know, people people don't know. Praise the Lord. How things go, things are wonderful. And inside, inside, they're just they're tight, they're wound. I can find pastors this way. I see, I see leaders this way. But the fact is you can't hide it from Jesus. He knows. And then people are like, "Oh, my life just isn't going so good." Maybe you have an issue. Maybe you have something to deal with. It's just it's not a big deal. We just don't get along. We just don't get along. Well, what you think is not little becomes bigger. Now we read this scripture last week from the book of Luke and I like this because It shows the actions of a Christian. Luke 27, chapter 6, verse 27, 28. It shows the actions of the Christians. Love your enemies, do good, bless, pray. All right? These actions are all counterattacking, counteracting to offenses. So all these actions, which I understand might take some time, may take some effort. All right? Got to work through it. But all of these things are in reaction to offenses. Right? right? See, in other words, in other words, people say, "Oh, I love your enemies." Ah, praise God! No, I do that, Pastor. I do that. And then 15 minutes later, I didn't like what they said. And then pretty soon, they got something stirring. And I said, "Wait, wait! Here's your opportunity yeah. to counteract that offense: is to love that person, to be nice to that person." Well, I don't want to do that. You didn't hear what they said. That isn't the issue. You know, it's never the issue what other people do. It's the issue is how we react to it. See, otherwise, we can always be pointing the finger at somebody else and they're the reason, they're the cause for my life and my problems and so forth. But that's not true. We teach people, of course, in this church personal responsibility personal responsibility in reaction to the Word of God. How am I going to react? So these things are in reaction to offenses. And Jesus said, you know, now here's going to be the offense going to come. You're not going to like that person, but I want you to love them. And someone's going to come and someone hates you. But I want you to do good to them. And of course, that's counter. That's not that's not natural, is it? That's why we want to live in the supernatural, because it's like, are you kidding me? That you see that you want me to do something good for him? Yep. That's what I want you to do. Amen. I want you to find a way to do something good. Now, what's the point? The point is always our heart. Amen. We're always trying to think, well, that's not fair. And so, Well, life isn't fair. So let's get that cleared right away. Life isn't fair. Never going to be. But you have to, you have to stand in spiritual warfare on the word of God. Wouldn't it be fun, Michael mentioned the person getting the same, he's happy and so forth. Wouldn't it be fun if Christians were happy? Wouldn't that be fun? Because most Christians, just I'm just honest, most Christians are not. I've, I'm an observer, so I'll, I'll observe Christians, I observe people in this church, but I, I go to a lot of places, I observe people. You know, how are you doing? Good, hallelujah, praise the Lord, you know. They, they carry weights, they carry all kinds of things. If you saw them in the spirit, they're just bogged down with this week and their job and what someone did to them and this and that and their family life and their home life. And... Well, what's the ticket to that? Well, these, are, these things counteract offenses. Are you, are you hearing me? Is everybody hearing me? All right. Got the mic on, I hope. All right. So we're counteracting things. That, that something is like an enemy, or hating you, or cursing you. Cursing you. I had parents that cursed me. I had parents, when I became a Christian, cursed me in the name of God. So you have to counteract that, don't you? Right? I drive, I drive numerous times. I don't know how many times I drive to Iowa to share with my parents, or once my mom died, to share with my dad. I'd drive, I'd get there, he maybe didn't want to talk and so forth, we'd wait it out, so, and then said, hey, I drove all this way for you. Didn't want to talk to me. I'd drive home. I did that for years, folks. In the natural, I thought, I don't give two hoots for them now how they've treated me, how they drug my name through the mud. They talked in my hometown about me, that I, I was way off. I'd walk in my hometown and people were like, hmm, looks okay to me, but what his dad said was something different. See, we get so rustled up. And, and see, in America, America, let's face it, American church is soft. Let's just say real soft. American Church hadn't been in the weight room, we're all pudgy and so forth. And come on, give me, give me another little slurpy, Dave, or a little Lord just, give me something to hang on here. Soft, 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 soft. So anything, anything at all that riles us, it's a big deal. What's up, but you don't know what that's. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, if this is a big deal to you, wait till you really face a big deal. Wait till you really face something when someone literally hates you because you're a Christian. Can't stand you, wants to burn your house. Or burn your church. Or fire you from your job because you're a Christian. Oh, then it's a little different, folks. See, if you can't can't be in the weight room and the little things, you're never going to last when there's something big. People say, well, those things aren't happening, but they're happening all over the world. Every week I can read world events. Every week I see where Christians are martyred. Every week where they lost their job, things are burned. Every week. So this is how we counteract offenses. And Jesus gives us guidelines. And you know, guess what? It's up to you. People say, he's in control, whatever. Oh, he's in control. No, 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 folks. He gave you a road map for victory. So you don't have to be angry. So you can walk in the Spirit. So you can be loved by the Lord. Love other people. This is the road map for our lives. So we just, we don't have a lot of time. So let let me just look at verse 35, 36 again. So he's kind, God's, God's nature is, uh, uh, is kind, so you'll be the sons of the Most High. When you love, you do good, hope nothing in return, your reward will be great. Because hoping nothing for return, we want, hey, well, they should respond. I did something nice or whatever, I sent them a card, they should respond, they didn't respond. Don't, to, you don't even expect a return, don't, don't look for that. It's all, folks, you're, you're releasing your heart. So he is our God. This is his character. He's kind to the unthankful and evil. That's our challenge. To be kind to the unthankful and evil. Folks, I can't... Years ago, uh, I don't know who the abortion doctor is now in Sioux Falls, but, but years ago, at that point, we knew the doctor. People pray in prayer meetings. Lord, get that man. Lord, just we pray you just die from a heart attack. And we pray that no more. That, and it's just like... Man, if I'd have met that guy in the street, you'd have thought, Woo woo woo, he got two horns and you know. <laughs> you know, I mean you just thought that he is the devil epitomized. He was a doctor, he performed abortions. He lived a long life. He had a long career. He didn't die young. He died old, real old. You know what I realized though is that you know what? That guy's got a soul. And Jesus said, yes, he does. And, and, and before I could say anything, and Jesus said, and I died for him too. And I love him. And I want to touch his life and save him. And what does that do? It changes my prayers. It changes my prayers because God is still kind. He's still waiting for people to get saved. You can take a... I've got a whole list of dictators through history. That did vile, awful, killed millions, or did atro- tremendous atrocities. He made they make Saul of Tarsus look like the Sunday school trophy kid. And these people lived old lives, old lives, and you think, where's the judgment? Why didn't you kill him? Why didn't people say, why didn't you kill him before they killed my family? Because God paid for their sins, still wants them saved to their dying last breath. Repent. Give your life to me. Surrender to Jesus. Amen. There's Pol Pot in Cambodia. I can't go on this trail too long, but Pol Pot in Cambodia you know, killed 2 million people. So they killed anybody educated, the Khmer Rouge. Anybody's education was, they didn't want them because they couldn't be retrained. They're too smart. So if you had an education, they killed them. They cut off their heads. They tortured them. They did all that. 2 million people. skulls up, lined up, By the thousands. There's a movie called The Killing Fields. And there was a general with Pol Pot. Pol Pot incidentally lived to his 80s in the jungle before he died. But one of his right-hand men, who was a general, repented of his sins. And he gave his life to Jesus. He confessed his sins. And he began to reach people, bringing forgiveness to Cambodia, Vietnam, Places like that where a lot of things happen. We have choices. He is, whether I like it or not, he is kind. And I think, and what is God saying to me? Dave, be kind. He knows. I know the word. He said, you know the word. I think, yes, I do know the word. And okay. You know, sometimes I grit my teeth. Okay. You know, and I realize, who has to change in this picture? Me. I have to change. I have to get rid of my anger or my tainted vision of other people. I have, to get, I have to get rid of that. God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. And so he says to me, Dave, I want you to be merciful. I want you to be merciful. I want you to do that. Amen. I want you to forgive. Verse, what's verse 37, 38? It says this, judge not, you'll not be judged, not be condemned. Forgive Repeat it here. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. So, into this context again comes verse 38. Verse 38 I want you to give extravagant love. I want you to give excess love. I want you to give forgiveness, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Forgive, 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 forgive. I want you to give forgiveness extravagantly. In the same way you give it to others, it'll be measured back to you. Sometimes we have to do that for family members. We have to do that with family members. I had to do that with my physical family, not my children, but with my parents and brothers. That was an area I had to deal with and so forth. You'd think, think, oh, wow, what a nice family and a successful family and so forth, and then I'm sitting at a wedding with, for my nephew's uh, wedding and in the Twin Cities. I'm sitting at a table and my brother's had a few drinks and pretty soon he cuts into me and like I'm the biggest loser on the planet. And then throw in a pile of swear words as we're sitting at a table in this nice place that everybody else can hear too. Not pleasant. Not pleasant to sit in that situation. And we left early. But that brother today is saved. Amen. That brother today has experienced forgiveness in Jesus Christ. That brother today never talks to me that way anymore. Amen. None of my brothers ever treat me the way they once did. All of that is reversed. All of that has changed. And if you harbor a root of bitterness, you can you can almost think, Yeah, but I remember what you did. Don't let it go. Yeah, I remember things that happened. I'm thinking, thank you, Jesus. Why they got saved? thank you, Lord. I didn't blow them out of the water. Didn't point to them, you're going to hell. And you're going to this and that. And there's a lot of Christians that lower the helicopter And I'll show you. And, well, you're going to show them that you're angry and that you're out of the Spirit. That's what you're going to show them. That doesn't minister to anybody. It never ministers. Love ministers. Be nice. So forgiveness... Write this down. Bitterness and forgiveness cannot coexist. Bitterness and forgiveness. i say it this way. Anger and forgiveness cannot coexist. They can't. Because bitterness replaces forgiveness, forgiveness erases bitterness. (laughs) Bitterness replaces forgiveness. Gets us out of the spirit. But on the other hand, forgiveness will erase bitterness. Was I angry? Yeah, I was angry at times with my family. We'd leave our home and leave things shaken off. Literally, we'd shake our clothes. I'm not going to stand that. And of course, for us, you know, the devil chided in. Look at you. You don't have any money. You don't have what they have. And so forth. And just, you just tell the devil to. Sometimes you've got to tell the devil where he's going. You're going to hell. That's where you, that's where you can tell someone to go. You're going to hell. That's, that's your place. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's go there a second. I shared on Wednesday, the 10th of February, on grace. And we have to give grace to other people so we don't fail the grace of God. We have to give forgiveness so we can be forgiven. Bitterness is like drinking poison hoping the other person dies. You know, there's people, you can go to nursing homes and find people that are angry over somebody that's not even alive anymore. They're not even alive and they're angry. Or you can find people that are upset with other people. They don't even know. They don't even know, and they're angry. Folks, that's not the way God wants us to live. Amen? Amen. Ephesians 4, verse 31, says, Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, evil speaking, but be put away from you with all evil intent. Let it all be put away. Now here again, here's this word anger. Remember, anger is one letter short of danger. Right? You 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 have anger, something bad's gonna happen. You know, people people slam doors, punch holes in the walls, do all kinds of stuff, or drive crazy, you know. They they anger will manifest itself. The longer you allow it to sit, the more it will manifest itself. I'm talking about just everyday situations. So you have to deal with it. Now the way to deal with it is to be kind because he's kind, right? To one another, tender hearted forgiving. Now we think, yeah, I can do that for them. Boy, they're my best friend. I can do that for them. No, I'm not talking about your best friend now. I'm talking about the person who ticks you off on your job. I'm talking about the person who doesn't like you, the person that you don't get along with. That's what I'm talking about here, to be kind to that person, tender-hearted, forgiving, even as God in Christ forgave you. This gets back again. I'll forgive you if you forgive others. I will help you if you do it my way. We want to do it our way. And, folks, I just seldom hear Christians talk about these things, I seldom hear pastors talk about these things. And I, you can find a lot of pastors that are upset, angry, disappointed, uh, uh, disappointed in God, they're disappointed in people, they leave churches. So notice what it says there's a word here and the word is all say all Is all 80% What percentage is all 100% All so 100% of any of these things God says I want you to be put I want it to be put away from me Now who's going to do that That's right that's right Jeff we're going to do that Who's going to do that for me me I can't do it for Janie. I can't do it for you. I can't do it for other people. We can encourage people. But, but the, the sad thing is people say, well, he's just in control. And they just put it out there like, I don't have to do anything. People absolve themselves of responsibilities. I think, I think the Lord's in heaven like, like the, the biggest lie from the devil. that always points fingers back at Jesus and back at God. God did it. God caused this. God's doing it. And they don't know the Bible. If they knew the Bible, the very Lord's Prayer, know they didn't do it. But anyway, here he says, I want you to turn that around. I want it all to be put away from you. So Dave, you've got to deal with this in your heart. Stop and think about this. When I get angry, then I have to stop and say, who or what am I angry with? So stop Think. So I can think, well, that person disappointed me. Okay, then deal with that, with that person. I'm not saying you have to go to that person, but you have to release that person. Amen? You want to capsulize things to stop, because, because if we don't do this, he will never change, will we? So instead, we just continue to perpetuate stuff. More people get defiled, and more people are angry, and more people are upset, and all kinds of things. Folks, you can stop and think, even even here, think of how many Christians. Think how many Christians are upset with the government. Think how many Christians I mean, if you talk about the government, their teeth are clenched and they're angry and they're this and that. That's so that's all the devil. They're angry at people they don't even know. People say, Oh, I know who they are. No, you don't know them, you know a name. But people are angry at someone they don't even know, which the devil does. When we traveled other countries, when we traveled to other countries and we're with churches and Christians, we're in homes. I, I, I don't know if we've ever heard this in many years of traveling to many countries. I don't know if I've ever heard a pastor say, boy, our government's just terrible. If I go to India, I don't hear pastors talk about their government. And yet their government's passing laws and more laws to restrict the church. And they want to make it entirely a Hindu nation and squeeze out everybody else. They want to abolish Christians. They're doing their best in some places to do that. And yet I never hear them talking about their government. They're praising the Lord and I want to believe God and this and that. It's pretty amazing. Go to Africa, I don't hear them talk about that. I don't I don't hear that. I don't hear different nations. I don't But in America you got people upset and they're angry. Boy, just light a match in a room and you'll see what will explode. Bring up a topic and boom! Boy, they got 15 opinions. And I'm thinking, anger. Folks, I know what I'm talking about. It's true. Unforgiveness against things or people they don't even know. And the devil gets people by the neck and chokes off the life. So they're no longer talking about Jesus. So the church has to be smart enough to wake up and wait. Wait, I have another king. And his name is Jesus Christ. So he is the one I'm going to proclaim. He is the one I'm going to tell others. Because he is the only one, the only one that can bring liberty. I mean, we've said, we have said for 40 years, folks, let me just remind you, vote. But the answer is not politics. It's not. People act like this is a Christian nation. Everybody's Christian. Folks, come on, come on, come on. Let's be smarter than that. Like years ago, I had a coffee house, and we had a number of kids come in from the, from the university, and they were, they were Muslim kids, and they came in, and we were worshiping the Lord and so forth, and they were there about 10 minutes, and then they made a beeline for the door. So I ran after them, and I beat them to the door. I beat them to the door. I knew they were international students. I said, hey, 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 thanks for coming, thanks for coming, I said, from the university. So, Well, they said they were Muslims. And they said, hey, is this a different kind of Christianity? And I said, no. What do you mean? Oh, we've been to all kinds of churches. Basically, they're dead. No problem at all. Came here. Whoa! Different place. Well, different place. Why? Because of the presence of the Lord. All of a sudden, they're pricked. Well, this is different. I don't know if we can even stay here. but It wasn't bad. But they just knew it was different. Jesus is different. He's come to bring life. He's come to bless people. He's come to help all of us so that we can deal with our own hearts, so we can go out there and love people. There is nobody, nobody that doesn't have to work with this. I have to work with this every day. I've worked with this every day. You can work with it. If you're an athlete, you work with an athlete because the way a coach treats somebody. If you're in business, you've got to deal with that because someone else got a pay raise and you didn't. Or if you're somebody else, there's myriads and myriads of things, just imaginary offenses. Like even Elisha and Naaman said, he should have come out here and prophesied to me personally. He just sent the servant. Imaginary offense. He was in a rage. He was so angry. He was just in a rage. He left. He got back. They got back on their animals and the servant said, Wait, 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 wait. He didn't ask you to do something hard. But the rivers in our country are much better. That's a dirty river, even. Thinking I got to dip seven times. Thank God for that servant. No, no, well, it's not hard, sir. Why don't, let's just try it. Let's just do it. He some sense into him. Yeah. Folks, sometimes you can talk sense into people. Hey, it's, let's, let's refocus here, yeah. encourage somebody else. Thank God for that servant. Naaman gets back off of a sudden, all right, we'll just do it. One, two, dipping seven times, six times. He said seven, all right, one, stinky water, I don't like it. But seventh time and he comes up and his skin comes clean. But he, before that, he had imaginary offense. I thought it happened this way. I thought he'd do that. Folks, I've had... There's a scripture, Acts 24, Acts 24, verse 16. Many times, folks, listen, there are people upset at God. There are people angry at God because this prayer didn't get answered, and this prayer didn't answer, and this open door didn't come. Folks, I've been angry at God. He's got big shoulders. I've been upset at God. Why? Because of disappointment. Because you pray, you fast, you believe, and you're looking for something, and it didn't happen. And yet Paul said, I'm going, to, "I'm going to exercise myself. I'm going to this says strive, exercise to have a conscience without offense." Now, notice what he says toward God and men. Amen. So we have to deal with this as people that with the Lord, folks. We, let's just understand. I have like an I don't know file. You're not going to understand everything in this life. There's a lot of things that well, I don't know about that one either. That prayer didn't get answered the way I thought, but I'll just put it in that file. You'll understand someday. Yeah. It's like our daughter. She was in critical, critical shape, and we went out to a farm Bible study, and we prayed for this pastor and wife who, who just were born again, but she had the cancer diagnosis and a, a tumor on her breasts and so forth like that. And I didn't know they were pastor and his wife, but I shared about healing, even though our daughter is sick. Shared about healing, they come up to the paralyzed and said, Well, she's got this diagnosis and so forth. I said, Well, we'll pray. So laid hands on him and so forth. That was fine. And the next week, the, the guy from his house he calls me, he says, Hey, Pastor so-and-so's wife was healed. Amen. I said, I don't know that pastor. And he said, Oh, you prayed for him. They came incognito to the Bible study, because their own church didn't believe in healing. And she had this cancer report with the tumor. They lived up in the Watertown area, in the, on, the, on a small town up there. And so they came, and, and she goes back to the Watertown Hospital, and the surgeon, she's supposed to have surgery. And so they, you know, prepping her for surgery, and the doctor, you know, they're marking her, you know, the tumor's here and so forth, and the doctor's pressing around with, wait a minute now, wait a minute, it's this breast, right It's right here, hmm? can't find it. Calls another doctorate. They examine her, they run a test, they can't find a tumor, they can't find any tumor. And they said, lady, what, what, a week ago we scheduled this. What happened? Well, she said, uh, do you believe in prayer? <laughs> God healed her. She had shingles. Her legs were red. Shingles just scratching on her leg, which we didn't even pray for. And she had brand new skin. <laughs> Let everything within me. She even said, cancer, you're there. You've got to praise God, too. You've got you to get out. Now, how did this make me feel? On the one hand, I thought, hallelujah. and the other hand, I thought, my daughter is near death. I see that happen from somebody who hardly believes. And I was upset. I was upset. I said, this doesn't make sense to me. I'm just talking to the Lord. I'm talking. To the Lord. This does not make sense to me. I'm, and I I'm said, glad for her, but I'm really not happy. Of course, he knew that. Now, who had to deal with it? I did. And what answer did God give me? Not one. No answers. (laughs) Didn't hear a thing. Just say, you know, I had to keep that relationship. Keep your conscience void of offense toward God and men. I had had to think, okay, all right, Lord, forgive me. I release all this. I don't understand it. (laughs) That's how life is. Many people think, you know, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, they died, they're angry to God. No. Just, just let him work in your heart. Let him, you, you know, it does not happen overnight all the time, but let him work in your heart. Let us, let, let's let the Lord take out the anger. Amen. In fact, just close your eyes for a minute. Let him take out anger, unforgiveness, or evil speaking, or anything. Let him just take out the anger. Let him just, oh, it's so refreshing. It's just like a, a shower of his love. And let it cover you from your head to your toe. Let him, let him wash through your thoughts, even. You know, forgive people. Some people aren't even alive. You might have to forgive a parent. Forgive them. Release them. It, it, by releasing them, it will release you. Forgive other people. Release them. People, don't, just like Jesus, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Stephen, as he's stoning him, as stones were hidden, his head and everything, and he kneels down. And he said, Lord, don't hold this against him. Forgive him. Wow. Wow. That kind of faith is just amazing to me. Lord, we just surrender to you. And we thank you for holding us and helping us. And Holy Spirit, that you're within us, quickening us and giving us strength, Lord. Give me, give me, give us strength to live like it talks about, like in your word, Lord, that we can love people and do good and bless and be kind. And Lord, help us to be those people. Lord, help us to be those people, not just here, but Lord, the people we're around, and then family members, and people we associate with. That, Jesus, your joy would come out. The joy of your forgiveness, the joy of your grace would come out of us. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you for working in each of our lives, working in my life, Lord. I thank you for are conforming us to your image Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, Lord God, for good fruit already budding in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. So, you can share that with somebody. You can share that video with somebody. You can click on the share button. You can send it, you know, to any, post it on your site or something like that, just to bless other people. It's a message, folks, I practice, I'm just honest, I practice daily. I practice this daily because we're daily bombarded. But it's a good thing, amen? Keep doing it. Keep working at it. You get stronger and stronger in the gym, amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's stand up. Bless your neighbor. Tonight, come on out. Deb's sharing tonight. It's going to be a great night. Great week in Jesus' name, amen.